your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 305 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. The Rangers, of course, coming off of a convincing 6-1 victory against the New Jersey Devils last night. It's a game that kind of leaves you with some mixed feelings. I mean, on one hand, yeah, we just beat the Devils 6-1. We paid them back for uh, two earlier defeats this season, and that's great and everything. But I think, on the other hand, a lot of us Ranger fans will probably be feeling a lot better about it uh, if what happened to Igor Shesterkin late in this game had not happened to Igor Shesterkin. And if you missed it, basically the Devils have a 2-on-1. The Rangers were on the power play at this time, but... Shesterkin moves hard from his left. He pushes hard to his right, trying to get in position to make a save. And the next thing you know, he's face down on the ice and clearly in a lot of pain. And, you know, watching the play happen live, I'm thinking like, you know, did the New Jersey Devil that was skating by, you know, did they catch legs? Did something happen? Was there some kind of contact to Igor Shesterkin's head? What happened here? But really, it just looks like one of those really fluky kind of things where, you know, Igor moves hard to his right and something happens and he's face down on the ice and he had to come out of the game. He was helped to the bench by uh, the trainer and Buchnevich. And then at the end there, uh, Buchnevich kind of had uh, Shesterkin, his one arm, and Philip Giuseppe had his other arm. And they helped him get to the bench and the trainers took it from there and helped him get to the locker room area. But obviously that's unfortunate, really puts a damper on an amazing night. You feel for Igor Shesterkin, uh, the person. You also feel for Igor Shesterkin, the hockey player, because He's been absolutely fantastic for the Rangers recently. One of the biggest reasons why they've basically turned their season around. I mean, they have now won five out of their last seven games, and obviously he's a big-time contributing factor to this. Georgiev, too. You know, Georgiev has stepped it up quite a bit after also having a shaky start to the season. And Obviously, he came into this game, played the last 552, took the Rangers home on the 6-1 to victory here. But obviously, we got to keep our fingers crossed that everything is okay with Igor Shesterkin. It's something we'll keep our eye on. If there's a definitive update of any kind before I'm done recording here, obviously, we'll talk about it at that time. But... It's interesting because after this game, Ryan Strom mentioned that Igor Shesterkin got the uh, Broadway hat when this game was over. And when you first hear that, you think like, oh, well, Igor got hurt. You know, they're giving the Broadway hat. That's a nice thing to do. And yes, it is. But regardless of whether Igor got hurt in this game or not, he might have been getting the Broadway hat anyway because he was absolutely fantastic on this night for the New York Rangers. He was working on, you know, just another stellar performance. He had stopped 32 of 33 shots. The Rangers, when he got hurt, had this game well in hand, and really, Igor Shesterkin was as big of a reason why the Rangers won this game as anything else, and there might be some people that hear that and think like, oh, well, you know, the Rangers won this game 6-1, to one. even an average performance from the goalie could have gotten it done, could have led the Rangers to a win here, and you're not wrong about that, but keep in mind the way this game unfolded. In the first period, the Rangers really had a tough time finding that extra gear. Uh, in the first period, and, and not for the rest of the game, this does not apply for the rest of the game, but in the first period specifically, it looked like the Devils were a little bit faster, they were a little bit hungrier, they wanted the puck a little bit more than the Rangers. They had a one nothing lead at the first intermission. They took advantage of kind of a, a bad bounce. You know, the puck went behind the Ranger net, bounced off the boards. Shesterkin couldn't get his stick on it as it went back toward the center of the ice, and then uh, Hughes is there, and he just buries it. So it was one nothing Devils. But again, the Rangers did not have their A game in the first period, and the Devils had several chances to extend 
extend this lead. If Shesterkin did not have his A game, the Devils easily could have been up 2 nothing or 3 nothing at the end of the first period. And then who knows what happens after that. Uh, Rangers obviously a young team, and you're staring at maybe a 3 nothing hole. That's quite a hole to climb out of. Not saying it can't be done, and who knows? Maybe even if the Devils had made this game 3 nothing in the first period, maybe the Rangers would have come storming back and scored all these goals just like they did. Maybe Chris Kreider still would have had a hat trick. But it's hard to know exactly how the game shakes out You know, if you're already in a 3 nothing hole at the end of the first period there. So bottom line, Igor Shesterkin, whether he got injured or not, he was probably getting the Broadway hat after this game. And either way, just another stellar performance for Igor Shesterkin. Obviously, we will keep our fingers crossed and hope that he gets back into the lineup as soon as possible. And coming into this two-game set against the Devils here, I kind of tossed out the idea in yesterday's episode that I think maybe uh, Igor Shesterkin would play this game on Thursday, which indeed he ended up doing, but then maybe you go back to Georgiev for Saturday's afternoon game, also at the New Jersey Devils, because, you know, again, both goalies have played well recently. You want to work them both into the lineup uh, here and there, and it now looks like that's indeed what's probably going to happen. I mean, I, I would have to imagine, even if this injury turns out to be minor to Igor Shesterkin, uh, Alex Georgiev probably going to get the next start, even just as a precautionary, and due to the simple fact that he was probably in line to start this next game anyway. Because again, Alex Georgiev has really been good recently. It gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because I think a lot of us think of Igor Shesterkin as, you know, the future of the Rangers, the franchise goalie, all these things, and that's absolutely true. But Georgiev has been just as good in recent games. And in fact, Georgiev has allowed exactly two goals in all of his last three starts. So night in and night out, he's given this team a chance to win hockey games, and obviously that's great to see. So I suppose one silver lining here is that even if Igor Shesterkin has to miss some time, and again, we will keep our fingers crossed that this turns out to be a minor injury because you don't want to lose Igor Shesterkin right now. But the silver lining here, Alex Georgiev has really played well recently. And so if they have to be without Igor Shesterkin for a week, maybe two weeks, Hopefully they can hold down the four. I know that Keith Kincaid is back being part of the Ranger taxi squad, so uh, you got to figure he might end up getting a game. And in fact, the Rangers play Saturday at the Devils and then Sunday night at the Penguins. And so if Igor Shesterkin is going to be unavailable for this weekend, you might see Keith Kincaid sooner than you think because it is a back-to-back. -back. Not saying the Rangers can't start Alex Georgiev on both those days, and maybe they will, but it is a back-to-back, -back, and I think that opens the door to, to maybe see Keith Kincaid make his Ranger debut. We will just have to wait and see there. But I think all the smart money probably on Alex Georgiev starting this next game uh, against the Devils on Saturday. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. We're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So there was one other negative to come out of this game, and I figure we might as well talk about that right here, right now. We already talked about the Igor Shesterkin injury. We'll talk about this, and then we'll get into a lot of the fun stuff because obviously uh, the Rangers had a great night overall. You know, they uh, they win 6-1, to one, and uh, Chris Kreider with his second hat trick of the season like we talked about. But 
Something else that was kind of unfortunate to see last night is that Mika Zibanejad found himself benched for the first about eight minutes or so of the second period. He ends up for the Rangers with the third fewest amount of ice time of any player. He had 13 minutes and four seconds. The only two players on the Rangers to have less ice time were Julian Gauthier at 12.59 and Philip DiGiuseppe at 11.45. I had mixed feelings about this benching. First of all, I didn't really notice Mika Zibanejad that much in the first period. I don't know that there was anything he did egregiously wrong, but that's just it. Mika Zibanejad was not noticeable at all in the first period, and that's just been the case far too often for far too long with this player. When when you've got a caliber of Mika Zibanejad's ability, you expect to uh, see him jump off the screen a little bit, and you're just not seeing that right. And again, you barely even knew that he was out there in the first period, so... You know, it's been a slow start to the season, and we're far past the point where we can call this a small sample size. We are now 21 games into the season, past the one-third mark, and so I suppose last night, David Quinn felt that he had to send a message to Mika Zibanejad and challenge him a little bit and basically say, you know, we need more out of you. We need you to step it up. We need you to be what you're supposed to be, and that's one of our absolute best players. Uh, You know, I think Mika played a little bit better after he got back into the game. Like we said, he was out for about eight minutes there, and in fact, the Rangers actually got a power play opportunity while Mika Zibanejad was benched, and he didn't even go back out there for the power play. You had Ryan Strom centering the top unit, and Chris Kreider ends up scoring on the man advantage there to tie the game at one, but Mika was nowhere to be found for a while there. They put him back in. He does end up getting an assist late in this game. He assisted Alexi Lafreniere, uh, you know, forced a turnover, and basically just left a drop pass to Lafreniere, and Lafreniere capitalized. My big thing here regarding the benching and whether it should have happened or not, whether it was warranted or not, My big thing that I've said all along, and I'll continue to say it on here, because, you know, every now and then we see people suggesting that, oh, well, you know, maybe make Mika a healthy scratch for a game or two and and just let him kind of get a little bit of a mental break. My big thing is that I refuse to believe that this Ranger team, whether it's making Mika a healthy scratch or sitting him down in the middle of the game, I refuse to believe that this Ranger team is a better team with Mika Zibanejad not on the ice. I realize he has struggled mightily. I realize none of us could have possibly seen this coming, just the uh, lack of scoring production from Mika Zibanejad this season. But you're talking about a guy who led the NHL in goals per game last season, somebody who just emerged as a threat, was a top 10 player in this league last year. And I know he struggled, but you know what? Again, this is the ultimate litmus test, and it's something I mentioned maybe an episode or two or three ago. Ask the opposition, would you like us to play Mika Zibanejad or bench Mika Zibanejad? And despite Mika's struggles, I guarantee you every single team that the Rangers play against would happily uh, accept the Rangers benching him in the middle of the game or making him a healthy scratch. Anything where they don't have to deal with Mika Zibanejad. Now, on the other hand, Coach Quinn is probably very well aware of the fact that benching Mika Zibanejad does not make the Rangers a better team despite his struggles, but you could make the argument that this wasn't really about that. This was about sending a message. This was about letting a fire. This is about basically just giving somebody a kick in the butt and saying, get out there and and get the job done. And again, it it seemed to do the trick. I do think Mika was a little bit more noticeable uh, in the second half of this game. It wasn't, you know, obviously a stellar night for him. The nice thing here is that despite Mika continuing to struggle, a lot of the other Rangers who were struggling at the start of the season have really begun to step it up. Kreider's the most obvious example. We are going to get to his hat trick in just a second here. But guys like Pavel Buchnevich, you know, he was hot to start the season, cooled off. He's hot again. Lafreniere is playing the best hockey that he's played since being a member of the Rangers, his first multiple-point game last night. Ryan Strom has really come alive after a slow start to the season, and he's doing it without Artemi Panarin. So I love to see that. You know, there's a lot of people who say, ah, well, you know, Strom, his numbers were only up because of Artemi Panarin. Yes, that is true. We've talked about this before. Yes, that is true. 
But Strom did his part last season. He carried his weight. He made some really nice passes, picked up a couple of assists on each of the first two goals by Chris Kreider in this game. So a lot of players who were scuffling to start the season, really picking it up now. And that's why you're seeing the Rangers start to turn things around. In a lot of ways, a team is the sum of its parts. And the only guy that, you know, continues to be in a funk, at least as far as the top scoring threats are concerned, is Mika Zibanejad. So you hope that sooner or later he can keep it going. I know we keep saying that, but I don't think benching him for long periods of time or making him a healthy scratch or anything like that, I don't think it's the solution. Um, they need Mika Zibanejad, and they need him to, to break out of this funk one way or another. And the only way to do that is just to keep putting him out there and, and hoping that he finds his game sooner or later and finds his confidence and starts using that one-timer of his because so often this season, we've seen him kind of pass up. You know, somebody will put it right on a tee for him and he's in pretty prime scoring real estate and it seems like he doesn't want to take that one-timer. So to me, that just kind of shows a little bit of a lack of confidence. You know what, Mika? Just let it fly, man. You know, sooner or later, they're going to start going in. I mean, his slap shot is so lethal that he doesn't even need to place it in the perfect spot. It doesn't need to be off the post and in. Just let it fly, you know, throw it at the net crank that one-timer, sooner or later, it's going to start going by a couple of these goalies. And, you know, last night, at least once, he completely passed up on the one-timer. And we saw him bury so many of those one-timers last season. Would love to see him get back to that at some point this season. And one last thing I'll say in Mika Zibanejad's defense is that for all the struggles he's had this season, you might not realize that he actually does have, in his last six games, Mika Zibanejad has a goal and four assists. So five points in the last six games. Obviously, that's not completely anemic. It's not terrible. Baby steps kind of moving in the right direction. Maybe he's benefiting from the fact that Alexi Lafreniere is hot and benefiting from the fact that Pavel Buchnevich is hot, but that's fine. We saw Mika Zibanejad elevate guys last season. Now, you know, the favor's kind of being returned. It's kind of being paid back to him. Hopefully, Buchnevich and Lafreniere, because they're on fire right now, hopefully they can get Mika Zibanejad going as well. But we've gotten through all the negative things that happen in this game. You know, the injury to Igor Shosturkin, that's nobody's fault. That's just one of those fluky, weird things. And then obviously, uh, Mika Zibanejad being benched for the first eight or so minutes of the second period there. But in just a second, we're going to break down all these goals from Chris Kreider, talk about a lot of the good things that the Rangers did in this game. I mean, we owe it to this team. You know, they just put up a 6-1 to win, and we're halfway through the episode here. And unfortunately, we had to talk quite a bit about an injury to Igor Shosturkin. I mean, rightfully so. He's the Ranger hopefully franchise goalie, and it's obviously a significant storyline. And then obviously, you know, Mika Zibanejad's continued struggles, but there was a lot of good stuff in this game, as the final score would indicate. So we're going to talk about all that in just a second here and have some fun. Every Friday on Locked On NHL, join Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games. From breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. So let's go ahead, get into this Chris Kreider hat trick here, have some fun to close the show, because again, you know, the Rangers, they won this game 6-1, to one, and it's unfortunate everything that happened to Igor Shosturkin and, you know, the Mika Zibanejad benching, but for the most part, this is a phenomenal night for the New York Rangers. They fall behind one nothing early, they come storming back, six unanswered goals to close out the evening, including this one that kind of got the ball rolling in the Rangers' favor. They get a power play opportunity, and Adam Fox, you know, he's got the puck behind the Ranger net, moves up passes up the center of the ice, hits Buchnevich in stride. Buchnevich gains the blue line, skates in, passes to his right to Strom, and then Strom just a beautiful, on-the-dot, perfect cross-ice pass to Chris Kreider, and Chris Kreider just tips it right into the net, ties the game at one early in the Ranger power play there, just about uh, 30, 35 seconds into the man advantage. Uh, so that's just the beginning of, obviously, a big night for Chris Kreider. We fast forward a little bit later in the second period, and this whole goal was set up by Adam Fox. You could argue he did as much as anything to uh, create this goal here. He's in on the forecheck. Kyle Palmieri has the puck along the boards, and Fox 
checks him, knocks him off the puck a little bit, and gets the puck to Ryan Strom. Now, Strom is in pretty good real estate here. He's kind of near the dot on the right face-off circle, and for whatever reason, he just completely missed the net. I mean, missed by a mile, but it actually worked out in the Rangers' favor because just like earlier in the game where the Devils got a nice bounce off the boards, same thing happens for the Rangers here. Bounces off the boards behind the net, comes back up the left side, and Lindgren is there. He takes the shot, lets it fly. Chris Kreider's in front of the net. He deflects it home, gives the Rangers a 2-1 to lead, and they were on top for good in this game. And Chris Kreider, what can you say? He stays hot. We've talked about it before, and there's only so many ways to say it, but Chris Kreider... I'm at the point where I think I can call him the streakiest player in the NHL because since February 20th, he actually leads the NHL in goals by any player. And since February 20th, in the six games that the Rangers have played on and since that date, Chris Kreider has scored nine goals. Nine goals and one assist in his last six games. That brings his season total to 13 goals and two assists. And it's funny, you know, you get a couple of hat tricks, all of a sudden your season starts to look a heck of a lot better. But this is Chris Kreider to a T. I mean, he's hot and he's cold. We've talked about it a lot on this show. But, I mean, it's at the point now where I think we can call him the streakiest player in the NHL because when he starts feeling it, when he's at the top of his game, and I don't think this is an exaggeration, he's as good of a player as anybody in hockey. I mean, he's right up there with the best of them, and you know, the one knock on him is that it just doesn't seem to continue. He doesn't have that consistency that you see from the truly elite players in this league. But man, he has put the, uh, you know, I shouldn't even say that he's put the team on his back because as we talked about, there's a lot of players on this Ranger team that have really stepped it up recently. But Chris Kreider, just on a whole other level, not just on the Rangers, but among any of his peers in the NHL right now, uh, just producing goals at an unreal clip. And of course, Kreider coming up big at the start of the third period as well, uh, about 20 seconds or so into the third period. Rangers are only up two to one at this point and he completes the natural hat trick. Basically, you know, the puck trickles into the devil's zone. They go back to get it. Fairly innocent-looking play. Uh, but then they start to bring it out. There's an errant pass. Philip Hedl forces a turnover. Hedl's got the puck on the left side. He centers it to Chris Kreider. Kreider finishes. Rangers up 3-1 to one early in the third period. It's the kind of goal that if the Rangers were to give up a goal like this, it would just make you sick because, you know, the devil's on this play, just kind of lethargic and then just, you know, a really sloppy pass. I, I know Philip Hedl, you know, applied a little bit of pressure there, and kudos to Philip Hedl. He gets his first point since returning to the lineup. But, yeah, I mean, this is just not the the kind of goal you want to see your team give up. But hey, you know, the Rangers were opportunistic here. They took advantage of a miscue by the Devils and Chris Kreider. I mean, you get him the puck in the slot right now. It feels like he's just not going to miss. He's going to put it home. Hat trick, natural hat trick. Great stuff. The Rangers are off and running here in the third period. And as a little bit of an aside here, you know, early in the season, again, the Rangers had a laundry list of problems. We could talk about all the superstars underperforming. We could talk about subpar goaltending play. We could talk about not getting the job done in crunch time in the third period. We could talk about too many penalties. But the one I just mentioned a second ago, the third period, the Rangers had a lot of woes in the third period to start the season. They have solved that uh, emphatically in this last stretch of games. However many games you want to go back, the Rangers have really played well in the third period of a lot of these games. That's obviously awesome to see. And this was probably their best third period of the season. I mean, to take a 2-1 to one lead, you know, in a game that's, that's kind of close, the Rangers seem to have momentum, but obviously the game is still very much up for grabs going into the third period. And for them to just take the bull by the horns, just impose their will and score four goals in the third period and just blow out the Devils, uh, that was obviously fantastic to see here. They left no doubt, and hopefully they can just continue to carry that into the next game. But again, 
what else can you say about Chris Kreider? Gets the natural hat trick here. Uh, he's just been absolutely phenomenal as of late for the New York Rangers. Something else I definitely wanted to hit on here is that the Rangers killed off all four of the Devils' power play opportunities. This Ranger unit now, the penalty kill unit, has now killed off 46 of the last 49 power play opportunities by the opposition. And if you remember, not too long ago, they actually had a game against the Flyers where they allowed the Flyers to score two power play goals. So if you take away that game, and I realize that's kind of unfair, but let's just do this just for fun. Let's take that game off the table, take that game out of the equation here to see just how dominant the Rangers have truly been with their penalty kill. Flyers went two for five on the man advantage that night. So if you take that away, the Rangers have now killed off 43 of their last 44 uh, power plays. So that's just absolutely unreal. Uh, just a tremendous job by this unit. A unit that got off to a bit of a shaky start this season. I think we got to give a little bit of props to Jacques Martin as well. I know that you know, a lot of Ranger fans didn't think it was the most inspired hire ever, but they have been an improved defensive team, and that's kind of his calling card, and you see what the penalty kill unit has done. They went into last night's game ranked all the way up to number five in the league now, and they just continue to climb and climb and climb the rankings as far as, uh, you know, their success rate on the penalty kills. So it's been fantastic to see four power play opportunities for the Devils. It's probably, you know, one, maybe two more than you'd like to see them get, but I will say this. There were at least two penalties taken by the Rangers last night that, came as a direct result of them trying to prevent the Devils from putting the puck in the net. I mean, the Devils were swarming. They had a great scoring opportunity on the one that Liber Hayek took. You know, they, they had the puck in front of the Ranger net, kind of a wild scramble, and Hayek basically just cross-checked his guy down to the ice, and he got a penalty there. So, you know, again, at least he's preventing a scoring chance. And then later in the game, a little bit of an odd man rush for the Devils. You know, they went into the zone pretty fast, and uh, Ryan Lindgren took a penalty, once again trying to prevent uh, what would have been a quality scoring opportunity. And he did so when the Rangers had the lead. You know, I think they were up 4-1 to at that point. So, you know, you don't want to take a penalty, but you can live with it there. You know, you take your chances, especially with how hot this penalty kill has been. You take your chances being able to kill off the power play rather than let the Devils get a great A scoring chance right there and potentially get back into the game and make it 4-2 at that point. So, you know, again, it's a couple more power play opportunities than you'd like to see the opposition get, but at least these were penalties that you can live with. We also got to talk about Alexi Lafreniere's big night. Once again, the first multiple point game of his NHL career. He gets a goal and an assist. And I think a lot of Ranger fans who are worried about him probably starting to breathe a little bit easier, starting to relax a little bit, starting to see that Alexi Lafreniere is beginning to find his game at the NHL level. But this first one, he gets the assist on a goal by Pavel Buchnevich. He made the whole thing happen. The puck is in the Ranger zone and he takes it away from Hughes. So a matchup between uh, the last two number one overall picks. And to me, I don't know, that just makes it a little bit sweeter because Hughes has really kind of had his way with the Rangers this season. He had a three-point night earlier in the year against the Rangers, and even in this game, he got the Devils off to a one nothing lead with a goal. So to see Lafreniere take the puck away from Hughes, move up into the neutral zone, he passes to Pavel Buchnevich to his right. Buchnevich gains the zone, back to Lafreniere to his left, and then Lafreniere back to Buchnevich again. Just a beautiful give-and-go. Uh, Buchnevich just tips the puck into the net, and just like that, 4-1 to Rangers. Still very early in the third period, less than uh, four minutes into the third period at that point. But that was obviously great to see. Just some beautiful passing in this game from the New York Rangers in general. We saw uh, Ryan Strom make a couple of really beautiful passes on some goals, or at least one of them. The other one was an errant shot, but the one pass was really awesome from Ryan Strom. 
And then, of course, this one here from Alexi Lafreniere, putting it on a tee for Pavel Buchnevich. Lafreniere now up to three goals and three assists in his last six games combined, so he's definitely, he's getting there. You know, it's coming along nicely this season, and we might end up seeing a big-time second-half performance uh, from Alexi Lafreniere this year, and the Rangers are going to need it. You know, they're going to need all the help they can get if they're going to climb the standings and work their way back into this playoff picture here. And Pavel Buchnevich, you know, like we were talking about earlier, he's begun to heat up again as well in his last four games. Or you know what? Let's do his last eight games. In his last eight games combined, Pavel Buchnevich has four goals and five assists. So he's feeling it again lately, and obviously the Rangers are going to need him. Hopefully sooner or later that translates to some success for Mika Zibanejad because both of his line mates are, are starting to heat up here. Lafreniere and Pavel Buchnevich, the last handful of games for each of them, you know, they're point-per-game players. So hopefully Mika Zibanejad can join the party uh, at some point here and, uh, you know, we have a heck of a top line at that point. And at this point, I'm not looking to put Kreider and Mika back together anytime soon because we saw uh, what's going on with Chris Kreider. I'm not touching him. He can stay right there on the second line. Uh, we'll see how they look to handle it when our Artemi Panarin comes back. Maybe you put Panarin on the top line. I don't know. You know, the Rangers, they actually, it, it finally feels like they have some good options. It's a good problem to have where you're not sure how you're going to uh, put this lineup together, but you're not sure how you're going to put this lineup together for good reasons. The fact that a lot of players are producing and you're expecting a lot of these guys night in and night out, it's not like earlier in the season when nobody was producing and just by default, you know, you had to have Philip Giuseppe playing on the second line. And it's nothing against Philip Giuseppe. Uh, he's he plays his role great for this team. He really does. And he was off to a hot start with some of the assists. Works very hard every night, but I think in a perfect world, Phil DiGiuseppe probably going to be playing on the bottom six like we've seen in these last few games here because you want to see your stars really take off and uh, you know carry this team the way they're capable of carrying it. This goal by Pavel Buchnevich actually knocked Mackenzie Blackwood out of the game, and I believe this is the first time this season that a Rangers have chased a goalie out of the game, uh, at least due to performance. I'm not talking about injury or anything like that, but that's always nice. You know, you're playing a rivalry, and that always kind of feels like sort of the knockout punch when you take out their starting goalie, uh, not injuring him, obviously, but you take him out due to just uh, a barrage of goals, and that's what the Rangers did here. Obviously, uh, Blackwood off to a rough start in the third period there, and the Devils make the change. Something else that I thought was really cool late in this game, the Rangers get on a power play, and they're up 4-1 to at this point, less than six minutes remaining, so they seem to have the game pretty well in hand. But we've seen David Quinn do this a couple times in the past, where if the Rangers, they're up late in the game, they have a pretty comfortable lead, he'll put in some of the bottom six forwards and some of the other defensemen who don't typically play on the power play. He'll give them a little bit of time on the man advantage, kind of uh, look to give them a chance to score a goal and just kind of reward them for their hard work. A lot of grinders out there on the power play. Uh, I know they had Kevin Rooney was out there, Philip Giuseppe was out there, Julian Gauthier was out there, and Brandon Smith was out there on this power play. I did not catch who the fifth ranger on the uh, power play was at this time, but just cool to see them all get rewarded for some hard work. And then, of course, Brennan Smith gets to a loose puck in the left circle and basically just winds up and cranks it home. Five to one Rangers with about five minutes remaining at this point, but just obviously really nice to see these guys get rewarded. And plus, there's a tactical strategy to this as well. This isn't just a charity case from David Quinn. Look, you never know when some of these guys may have to uh, play on the power play. Earlier this year, not too long ago, we saw Brennan Smith get pretty significant time on the power play. We saw Anthony Potato get pretty significant time on the power play. And part of the reason for that was that, you know, Jacob Trouba was out of the lineup. Tony D'Angelo is not coming back to this team. And Kay Andre Miller was out of the lineup. So they had nowhere else to go. Uh, they had to find another defenseman to play out there. And we saw Smith and Potato both get out there. But the bottom line, you never know when this could become a necessity, whether it's by injury, whether it's by uh, performance dictating that somebody else needs to get a chance on the power play, whether you just 
like somebody's game and you say, you know what, I'm going to give Kevin Rooney a chance on the power play tonight, or I'm going to give Julian Gauthier a chance on the power play tonight. So again, there is a tactical strategy to this as well. It's not just him rewarding them for good play, which I think it's both of those things. But yeah, I mean, just nice to see these guys get an opportunity on the man advantage and actually convert here with Brandon Smith scoring a goal, making it 5-1. to one. And then just to, uh again, kind of put the exclamation point on the evening, we get a goal from Alexi Lafreniere. Mika Zibanejad, we talked about this goal a little bit earlier in the night, but Mika Zibanejad picks up the assist on this play. Uh, so that's nice to see, you know, baby steps. I know that this was not Mika Zibanejad's best night, but hey, at least he gets on the score sheet. Every little bit helps at this point. And uh, yeah, just a very, very convincing win for the New York Rangers. And that is now five wins in the Rangers' last seven games. And the way I look at this, guys, two down, one to go. Because coming into this week, we singled out how this was a, just going to be a huge week for the Rangers. You got a game against Buffalo and two games against the Devils. Again, I mean, no disrespect to these teams, but I think most people coming into the season would have them as the bottom two teams in the Eastern Division. The Rangers prior to this week, were a combined one and three against these two teams. So coming into this week, it really felt like the Rangers had to take care of business, really had to uh, win these games, preferably all three of them. We'll see if they can make it three out of three uh, tomorrow afternoon. But yeah, we all knew this is going to be a huge week for the Rangers and a week in which they really had to get a bare minimum of four points. They've already done that, so that's great. But ideally, you'd like to see them get at least five or totally ideally, you'd like to see them get six points. You'd like to see them win all three of these games and hopefully do so in decisive fashion. The Devils are a reeling team right now. They've only won one out of their last eight games. They've lost eight consecutive home games. So let's make sure this gets to nine tomorrow afternoon against the New Jersey Devils. The Rangers will be in action then. And then they actually have an away game against the Pittsburgh Penguins at 7.30 on Sunday night. So we're going to be back here on Monday to talk about everything that happens over the weekend. Busy month for the Rangers. We talked about this. They play 16 games in just 29 days, which, I mean, you, you hear that and it doesn't even seem possible. But yes, that is exactly what's happening this month. Uh, going to be a lot of fun and hopefully the Rangers can keep it rolling. Hopefully uh, the next time we talk on Monday, you know, the Rangers right now, they've won five out of seven. It could be up to seven out of nine if everything goes as planned this weekend. Just one other thing I wanted to mention here at the end of the episode on Thursday during practice before the game, uh, Jacob Truba, Capo Caco both participated. Truba apparently could come back at some point on this six-game road trip. And now Truba was wearing a red no-contact jersey. Uh, of course, last night was the first of these six consecutive road games for the New York Rangers, but that is the latest rumor. Jacob Truba could be back with the Rangers at some point during the road trip here. And as for Capo Caco... Not seeing a definitive update on when he will be back for the Rangers, but, you know, it's one of those things right now where everything is going so well, and you just want to see these players come back and enjoy all the fun. You know, we want to get Artemi Panarin back. We want to get Jacob Truba back. We want to get Capo Caco back. We want these guys to, to jump in there and contribute and, and just join the party, basically, because it's been a very fun stretch for the Rangers. Like we said, they've won five out of seven, and hopefully by the next time we talk, guys, that's up to 7 out of 9, and that's big time at that point. But we'll wait and see what happens. That's going to do it for today, though. If you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.